Well, on this week's Preps podcast, we talk with uh, Logan Hunt from the Mick Network first. Uh, that's about the first uh, 30 minutes of the, the show. And then uh, the last 10 minutes, we talk to uh, Nathan McCahill, the uh, senior quarterback at Cathedral High School, uh, Cathedral 56-20 to winner over Westfield on uh, Friday night in their first game of the of the uh, season. Uh, McCahill uh, had a great game, uh, ran for over 100 yards, two touchdowns, passed for five touchdowns, and over uh, 200 yards. So a uh, great first outing, a uh, first start for him. Uh, they play uh, Carmel on uh, Friday night this week at Carmel, uh, one of the uh, big games of the week. So uh, stay tuned. We'll have Logan Hunt, and we'll talk a lot of Mick football, what we saw in the first night of the high school football season, and then uh, Nathan McCahill for about the last 10 minutes of uh, this week's show. And uh, thanks for uh, listening in. Well, Kyle Nedenrit back here with another Preps podcast and uh, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And Logan and I were at the same game on Friday night. Uh, Lawrence North 62-34 to victory over, over Avon. And uh, I think we... We sort of expected a high-scoring game, Logan, but uh, 48 to uh, 27 at halftime probably wasn't exactly what any of us thought uh, going into this first uh, first game. Almost a two-hour uh, first half, a lot of points on the board, and uh, you know Donovan McCulley and, and Omar Cooper uh, really, really I think showed what uh, they're capable of doing and, and did it against the team and, and Avon that has been one of the best teams in 6A in the area the last few years. Just what were your overall impressions on Friday night? And, and uh, you know, what was that kind of what you expected to see out of Lawrence North? Uh, it, it was not what I expected to see out of Lawrence North. I, I never expect any high school team to score 62 points in a game, um, especially <laughs> versus two teams that, you know, arguably top 10 teams. And uh, we knew, like you said, Lawrence North was good. We knew Donovan McCauley could play. We knew Omar Cooper could as well. Uh, but what really what surprised me was the the rushing attack that Lawrence North could bring as well. Uh, they did a very nice job balancing out, you know, the quick passes to the deep balls to just keeping it on the ground, uh, all without you know Donovan McCauley really getting hit or getting hurt or any any of their guys really taking any big unnecessary hits. Uh, it was it was a very well called game for for Lawrence North, uh, and they it just seemed like Avon just had no answer to them. And I don't know if anyone will, but uh, it, it was it was absolutely amazing uh, how quickly these teams were getting up and down the field. And and this is an Avon team that I think you know after watching them too, I, I think that, I think they're they're still one of the best teams in the state this year. I mean that offense was clicking as well. You can't be too angry at yourself for scoring thirty four points. I mean that, that offense was still rolling. Uh, the defense just had no answer for for the passing attack. That, that Lawrence North put out there. Yeah, and Avon coach Mark Bless after the game said, you know, our, our young defense is going to have to grow up uh, pretty quickly if we're going to have a, a chance to do something this year. And, and I think they, they sort of knew that going into the year. Uh, they, they lost quite a bit on that defensive side. Uh, Clayton Peters, one of the one of the veterans coming back, he made a lot of plays on Friday. But uh, they really got burned uh, through the air several times. And you mentioned the running game, Trayvon Hegler, uh, had a really nice game for Lawrence North, I thought, on the ground. Broke a couple and just kind of gave him a consistent running threat uh, to go with McCulley, who, 
you know, I was kind of curious to see what he would look like this year. And and when you think about a guy who is as highly touted as he is, uh, you know, you want to be able to see him take the next step. And I thought he really uh, looked like a man against boys at times out there. And and that's kind of what, you know, if you're looking for a guy to take that next step and look like a college quarterback who can be a difference maker, that's kind of what you expect to see. And I thought he – you know, he didn't really have to do a, a ton uh, throwing, uh, at least as far as long passes go. He hit a couple of good ones deep, but uh, but he, he kind of just, you know, he threw the ball where it needed to be, and then his receivers did the rest. Uh, you know, like I said, hit Cooper. Cooper's first two times he touched the ball, 62-yard touchdown and a 64-yard touchdown. So, uh, obviously, the big playmaker uh, for Lawrence North uh, through the air is Cooper, but you know, I thought overall, I thought I thought McCauley just looked the part. Uh, obviously, uh, Cooper, I thought, looked the part as well. But that was kind of what I was hoping to see out of Donovan McCauley to start his senior year. Yeah, and, he, and, and uh, you brought up a good point. His senior year, the first thing I noticed is he looked a little bit stronger. Uh, you know, you could tell his frame had built out a little bit more. And he just looked like a senior out there. It's hard to believe that we've been spoiled with watching him for the last couple of years. And, you know, finally this is his last one. But he definitely looked the part. And, and he also he has Omar Cooper to throw to. But that he wasn't just looking for Omar Cooper the entire time either. He spread the love around. And, and Lawrence North had a couple other threats out there at the receiving, uh, in the receiving core spot. And he could get it too. And if nothing was there, he would just tuck it and run it about 20 yards. I mean, yeah. that, that's just what it was. I mean, it, it was it was almost it really reminded me of of Trey Roberson back in the Warren Central days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like any time he wanted to run, he could get ten yards if he really needed to, and he did that a few times. But but uh, normally, kind of stayed within the framework of what they were trying to do. I know uh, you know Pat Mallory was looking for this to be a situation where you know hey, they we're kind of playing ping pong in the second quarter. I think there was what forty seven. 47 points scored in the in the second quarter and within a seven play span there was four touchdowns scored so it was almost it was just kind of got ridiculous there for a while second half I thought uh, Lawrence North's defense played a little bit better they got a they got a turnover uh, that kind of changed the momentum a little bit towards the end of the first half and they capitalized on that you know got a little bit of a, a breathing room and then you know not a whole lot Henry Hessen is a really good quarterback and, and Pat Mallory said as much after the game and you know they had a hard time stopping him completely, but and Wallace Stovall, who had an excellent game uh, for Avon as well, caught uh, four touchdown passes, 200 yards receiving, uh, really really good receiver. Uh, so that Avon team, you know, their offense is is one of the best in the area, and I think we'll see that play out through the course of the year. But I wasn't. I, I thought Lawrence North, you know, coming away from that game, you know, it makes you wonder what they're capable of doing this year. And, uh, you know, I think this is this is definitely their best team when you look at what they've had here in recent years, just as far as, you know, they've had talent, but maybe from the experience standpoint, uh, this is maybe the most intriguing uh, uh, team we have seen uh, for from Pat Mallory. And I'm curious what they can do now. They go, they play Marion on Friday and then uh, jump into Mick play. But your overall impressions of Lawrence North, what, what do you what do you kind of expect out of them after seeing them firsthand? Uh, I think the rest of the conference and the rest of the state needs to be put on notice. Uh, when we did our first podcast, said I think Morris North could be, you know, in the top four of the MIC, and I'm standing by that as well. I think this is a team that, you know, maybe won't put up 62 points every single week, but uh, they 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 can they can get the ball to the end zone. It feels like almost whenever whenever they they want to. Uh, and that defense, like you said, 
uh, was a big deciding factor as well. They had to come up and make some plays. They forced a couple turnovers, got an interception as well. Uh, they played they played tough, and, and once that secondary uh, gets a little stronger as well, I think that Lawrence North is, is a, a legit contender for a state title. And then your impressions of Avon, you know, I know we, we see them a lot. You know, they're a, a team that's always, you know, they almost seem like a Mick team. You know, they're, they're, they're capable of beating anybody, you know, most years on a given night. Um, you know, I think obviously when you come away from that, the defense has work to do. But, you know, what are your impressions? It seems to me like they're a team that's still going to be dangerous, you know, once all said and done. I think they've got to fix some holes, maybe change some personnel in some places. But but over, overall, what were your impressions of Avon? No, Avon's still a very dangerous team that can move the ball. They can play with tempo or they can slow it down. That's what makes them very dangerous as well. We saw that a couple times in the game. Uh, but they're a team that, I mean, Walt Stovall and, and, and Joe Hall both had phenomenal receiving games, uh, catching the ball from Henry Hessen, and, and that was without Carmelo Mitchell and Remington Gall, two of the, two of the top receivers uh, right. returning from last year, uh, were out. So they're going to only get better offensively when they spread it out, and they're going to have four legit big-time receivers for Henry Hessen to throw to. So Avon's only going to get better, and if this is where their benchmark is, this is where they're starting at, Avon is once again a team to to look out for to make a deep run. And they play uh, Ben Davis on Friday, and, and uh, Mark Bless did say, you know, those two receivers you mentioned, uh, uh, um, Logan will be coming back at some point here in the near future. So yeah, they're going to be loaded. Krishan McRae at running back, uh, you know, he he brings a lot to the table too. So you know, just because they lost this game, you know, don't forget about you know what they're going to be capable of doing uh, by the end of the season. Uh, wanted to kind of bounce around the mick a little bit uh, with you, Logan. Uh, you know, starting with uh, you know this game with Lawrence North, but then you know taking a look around the conference in Center Grove, uh, they will uh, play Warren Central this week. But you know, I know you you weren't at this game. I wasn't at this game. But fifty six fourteen over Decatur Central. You know, had a chance to watch a little bit of of this one and uh, you know catch up on what had happened. And, uh, you know, they come right out of the gates and put it on Decatur Central, a good Decatur Central team that's, you know, a class down at 5A. Uh, but overall, you know, for, from from what I saw, and, and, you know, it's a running clock situation in the second half there for a while, but a uh, really dominant victory. Uh, Connor Delp and uh, Carson Steele and, and Taven Jackson and, and really everybody on both sides of the ball. Caden Curry scored the first touchdown of the game, of all people. Uh, so a really kind of ex- probably what we expected, but, uh, you know, Center Grove gets it done in week one. Well, I, I think what's telling is anytime Center Grove is scoring 56 points, you you need to be on alert. It's uh, a team that usually kind of grinds it out. We're used to that, that old, you know, wing T type offense, pounding it here, option here quarterback keeper here but now uh we've seen them uh spread it out a little bit more as well and and really let Taven jackson loose and, and allow some of their playmakers to get out in space and we know carson steals back we know that defense is ready but i think this is a very telling win for center grove in, in such a dominating fashion as well because the last couple seasons they've, they've been slow out of the gate and this time there there was there was nothing slow about it uh scoring 56 on like you said a very good decatur central team a team that uh, just to put it in perspective, has has hung with with New Pal before, and right. New Pal's been beating Center Grove the last two seasons. So this is a game that Center Grove was ready for, even on late notice. And I think I think those those Trojans are ready for football. They're ready. They have their sights set on November. 
and I, you know, it's, it's forty-two-seven at halftime. So that just kind of shows you, you know, how how ready they were. You know, to me, Logan, this could be a type of team like the the Ben Davis two thousand seventeen team or the Warren Central uh, two thousand eighteen team. And I, I know it's early to start thinking like you know those were undefeated teams that ran the table and you know both were really dominant all the way through. But this this has the makings of that kind of a, a team. I don't know if they'll go undefeated or not, but. Uh, they, they have that kind of personnel, I think, and, and, uh, and leadership, and it's a team that has already been to a state championship game last year when that was sort of unexpected uh, the way they started the year. So I think a team that just has a lot of confidence, I'm, I'm going to see him play on Friday against Warren. What do you expect out of that game? Warren is really, really young and, and kind of at a disadvantage. You know, they'll be, they were unable to play last week and go into this game, uh, you know, the totally you know kind of fresh and have, haven't played a game so it's it's an unusual situation and, and probably not uh, ideal for Jason West's team and and really a team that kind of you know are, are different as far as experience goes yeah I, I think this is this is going to be uh, maybe a wake-up call for Warren Central I mean they kind of get thrown into the fire Center Grove has a game you know on their belt already it came out looked good felt good I had you know, I'm going to have a lot of confidence heading into this one. And Warren Central, like you said, just filling in a lot of pieces from last year. Uh, they've, they've really been fighting through with the quarantine and, and everything else and how the pandemic has really affected uh, that football team. So uh, this is going to be a team that's going to have to band together, and those young guys are going to have to be ready to play from day one, uh, or, or else it's going to be a long season for Warren Central. Yeah, this is probably the least uh, experienced or, you know, there's just not a lot of names that are recognizable on this Warren team that doesn't mean they won't have a good season or, you know, be very talented and capable, but uh, definitely a different uh, type of team. Prince Powell is the new quarterback, and, you know, he's got a good young group of receivers, but Warren probably a team that, you know, they may take a few lumps this year, but but looking ahead to the next two years, you know, they're they're really – probably building towards something pretty special again uh, here in the next couple couple seasons. And we say it a lot with teams in the mix, and, and it's because it is true, but uh, some of these teams, you can't judge them on their record as well. If you overlook them, uh, they, they, they can jump up and get you any given week because uh, the talent is there and the desire is there, the hunger is there to get, to get some victories uh, in the mix. So, uh, they, you know, these teams, like you said, could take some lumps, but I think that, that this is a prime example of a team that, that has the talent Stay with some people, and you can't overlook them. Keeping it moving uh, elsewhere in the mic, we saw North Central uh, go to Fishers and win forty to twenty. And uh, Kevin O'Shea had talked about, you know, our defense is going to have to lead us, and you know, we have to rely on our defense to to really play well. And you know, sure enough, Theron Johnson, you know, has an interception, and they have you know seven tackles for loss, and and you know they do a lot of good things defensively. Uh, in that game, but but really, what stands out, I thought, was how well their offense played. And you know, David Smith, uh, 122 yards and a touchdown. But then Zade Vestal uh, had over 400 yards uh, passing, uh, 20 21 for 31, five touchdown passes, and, and Johnson caught three of those touchdown passes himself uh, for 154 yards total. So. I thought really I didn't expect maybe North Central to come out and score like they did. And, and Fishers, again, you know, they're a team that, you know, lost a lot defensively off last year's team, but, but you know, does have a lot of talent on that team coming back. Uh, I thought a really solid, you know, not a surprising win necessarily, but I thought the numbers they put up uh, points-wise and yards-wise maybe shows where Zade Vestal is as a quarterback and kind of where Kevin O'Shea wants this team to get to this year. 
Well, it's like we mentioned it in the last podcast. We knew that North Central's defense was going to be good, and and we know that Kevin O'Shea is is going to have an offense whenever that time comes. And and once again, he he is is maybe ahead of schedule as well. It's been kind of uh, the trend of his time during at, at North Central. That offense is rolling already, and like I said, Zay Vestal really playing well. Uh, the numbers showing it, and Darren Johnson able to step up and be kind of that new leader uh, for North Central that that they need. So uh, North Central once again another another team that, that you can't let fly under the radar uh, just because of this, uh, the success that maybe they didn't have in the recent years. But these last last two North Central has been as good as anyone in the mix. I think this year uh, we're going to see that as well with that passing attack from Zay Bestel. To me, they're right there behind uh, you know Center Grove, kind of fighting for the next spot. You know, wherever you want to place those teams in that next grouping, uh, I think they're right in that in that mix. You know, largely because of that defense. But then if Vestal can play like that and they can run the ball like they did, and like you said, Kevin O'Shea always has good offensive teams. So I thought a really impressive win on opening night uh, for North Central, and then another. Uh, Mick team that won in the uh, opening week was Carmel. Uh, they go to Plainfield and win uh, 31-6, to kind of a workmanlike uh, game. Zach Osborne, three touchdowns uh, rushing. The quarterback had three rushing touchdowns and then passed for 109 yards and another touchdown. So, you know, kind of may- maybe not, you know, I-, I thought Carmel might score more points than that, but they held uh, Plainfield to six points and 40 yards rushing. So, you know, pretty much what you expect out of that, that defense uh, and now they get a really tough test, and I, I'm curious to see how this game goes, too, on Friday. They play Cathedral at home, and uh, Cathedral, as we saw, went over to uh, Westfield and, and won 56-20 on Friday night. Kind of a, you know, that was a surprising score, I thought, too, based on what I saw at Westfield uh, the first time uh, during the scrimmage against Ben Davis. So I think Carmel's going to be, they're going to have a tough matchup on Friday, and, and that'll be one of the more interesting games and results on Friday, but uh, they get it done the first week of the season against Plainfield. Yeah, and it, it seems like Carmel just simply reload and let's do it again. I mean, the state champs moving along, and and that, that's exactly what you what you typically see from Carmel: a tough defense, hard to run on, team that gets it done on the ground themselves, controls the tempo, and that's that's what you get with, with the Carmel Greyhounds. And like you said, maybe. Expected some more points, but still, thirty-one to six is a dominating performance to say the least. And once again, another game that was put on short notice as well. So uh, it's just kind of best man wins when you go out there for that. But an interesting matchup, like you mentioned, with Cathedral and, and how Cathedral really dominated Westfield, a team that, that we were high on coming into the year out of the HCC. Uh, but I tell you what, the Irish maybe getting things back. That is going to be a very interesting game in the history that you have between Carmel and Cathedral. Yeah, that's always been a good rivalry game uh, when they used to open the season against each other. Uh, glad to see that game's back on the schedule and uh, should be a really good one Friday uh, at Carmel. So uh, elsewhere in the mic, uh, Logan, I I was curious and, and wondered. I, I kind of thought this game might go the way it did. Uh, Brownsburg beat Ben Davis thirty-eight to seven on Friday night, and Ben Davis really. Uh, struggling, they had uh, three turnovers, and, and Brownsburg had none. That that tells a story a lot of times, and just not a lot of offense uh, in that game for the Giants and against a really veteran Brownsburg team. And uh, you know they got Ben Davis after watching their scrimmage against Westfield could really tell uh, they've got a lot of work to do with the uh, line play, and I think that showed up on on Friday night against a really good team. Uh, but uh, you know Ben Davis got some work to do. 
Yeah, absolutely, and that's something that we that we anticipated. Uh, we know that there's still some big time athletes there that can really really play, but you have to be able to put it all together. And and this is again a Giants team that we've seen kind of starts the season slower with with Coach Simmons, and then starts working their way. Uh, by the end of the year, they they have it figured out, and usually are are competitive with anyone. So. It'll be interesting to see their progression throughout the year with some new guys getting in and the limited amount of time they've had to put in work in the camps during the off season in the summer uh, because of the climate going on right now. So uh, it's a Ben Davis team to not don't, don't write them off yet. Don't right. write them off yet, but but still uh, a, a ways to go. And I think it speaks volumes as well to Brownsburg and gets me excited for a week four match with Brownsburg and Avon. Yeah, and Brownsburg will play uh, Saturday night, actually, uh, at home against Cincinnati St. Xavier, a game that will be on uh, one of the ESPN networks. So that'll be interesting to see how they fare against a really good out-of-state team. Uh, Brownsburg, probably their most talented team they've had since John Hart's been there. And uh, that will be that should be an interesting matchup, out-of-state uh, uh, out matchup uh, for Brownsburg. Ben Davis plays at Avon on uh, Friday, so that, that'll be interesting, too, to see how that one turns out. Uh, see if the Giants can uh, can improve from week one to week two. Uh, one of the teams, Logan, we talked about last week that we expected to be improved and they showed it on Friday was Pike. Uh, they hold Zionsville uh, to three points through the first three quarters, end up going away to win uh, 26-24, holding off Zionsville in the fourth quarter, uh, barely, but uh, they get it done. And I know that's a big win uh, for, for Pike. Has only won one game each of the last two years. Uh, to win their opener, and I think things really, you know, shake out based on what we saw out of the Mick on Friday, and kind of knowing where some teams are. Uh, I think this is a team that could definitely win five games this this season uh, if things break right. And uh, you know, a really good start I thought you know, to beat a Zionsville team that I expected to be better uh, than last year, and Zionsville beat them twice last year. So I think that shows kind of where Pike is headed uh, to win a good competitive game on Friday night. No, you're absolutely right, and, and we saw the, the upward trend with Coach Edge last year and, and just the demeanor of the players and, and how close some of those games were. Like, yeah, you know, you only had one win, but some of those losses were, you know, within a touchdown reach or, or they were leading at some point in that ball game. So uh, it's not a team that was just getting smoked last year. You could see that they were getting better. They brought back a lot of guys, and, and it's a team that, once again, Got some new turf on the field, and and, and they're ready to play. So uh, I agree with you. I think the Red Devils are a team that you're going to definitely see win a couple more games this year, and they're going to give some teams trouble with that with that offense. Yeah, Anthony Ciadella had uh, 219 passing yards and uh, three touchdowns in that game. Also ran for a touchdown. So veteran quarterback. I always look for that as a you know that's a a sign that a team's got something. Uh, th- that's going to help him a lot, especially early in the year. And, and uh, he had a big game opening night. The defense played really well. Uh, so, Pike, they play at Fishers on Friday, another winnable game, I think. And this will be a chance for them to have their first two, two-game winning streak since 2017. So it uh, could be a team to watch as we move forward. And then the other uh, Mick team, Logan, uh, uh, Lawrence Central, a team that we knew rebuilding again, uh, sort of you know in, in the same vein as uh, – uh, ben Davis this year, uh, and they lose 24-0 to to uh, Hamilton Southeastern. Uh, had a chance to see some of the highlights of that game, and they you know, moved the ball on occasion but couldn't cash anything in in the end zone. Defense played relatively well. 
but uh, you know, tough opener, and uh, you know, probably you know that'll be expected this year from the Bears. Absolutely, definitely playing in the mix when other people are elevating their game. There are others that then will not be quite as good, and, and that is going to be the case. More Central having another new coach this year, looking for some stability there, and, and, and just didn't have as many returning starters. It seemed like the cupboard was, was pretty bare for Coach Patterson. So I'm interested to see what he can do in his next couple of years there. Uh, but I, I think this year uh, it's a phrase we commonly use, but I think it's definitely going to be kind of a rebuilding year. Wait. Logan, what did you kind of, uh, you know, just from an environment standpoint, atmosphere on Friday, I, I thought, you know, from my perspective, it seemed relatively, once the game got going, you know, it seemed relatively normal, uh, you know, as far as just the, the atmosphere of the game. Obviously, there weren't, you know, the big pockets of, of uh, fans sitting together for the most part. I thought fans at the game we were at did a pretty good job of, you know, I saw a handful with masks not on, but but for the most part, you know, people were following the guidelines, and uh, it didn't seem all that much different once the game got going. Of course, we had a game where you know you could hardly even you know uh, not pay attention based on how many how much was going on during the game. So that's probably a good thing too. But you know, just from that perspective, what are your thoughts? I mean, how did you how did you think it sort of felt like and looked like on Friday night? Absolutely. Once it got going, it, it, it kind of felt like we never left, and, and nothing ever changed. And and it, it was business as usual uh, for us broadcasting. And and the the stands obviously felt maybe a little empty. It wasn't quite as loud, uh, but but it still was. You still felt felt the appreciation and the enthusiasm uh, behind the team, behind their team, and behind uh, the football that was being played. And of course, the one we were at with the fireworks going off is always right. fun as well. And so it, it, it didn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, just completely unusual and and overbearing of a feeling. It, it definitely definitely felt uh, relatively normal. I thought the teams did a good job of of uh, you know doing what they were supposed to do, and uh, you know it, it did. You know, and I, I put this in the game story, but you know it was. I think. For, from Coach Mallory's perspective and the Lawrence North team, it's like, you know, you, he talks to them after every practice and game, like, you know, there's a chance to be something special here, and we have to be, you know, responsible away from, from uh, you know, what happens on the field. And, you know, he feels like his guys will do that, and, and you know, there's a, we just have to do what we have to do this year to, to kind of keep things on the tracks. And, and, you know, maybe there's nothing you can do in the you know, ultimately – uh, if you have to shut down and you have to shut down for a while, and that and that's we're going to continue to see that happen. By the way, it's not you know we got to not be surprised when something like Southport Ron Colley happens on Friday afternoon at three o'clock, and you know that's just going to be the way it is. And, and some of those games are going to get called late, and, and that's unfortunate. But um, you know that's just just the way we have to kind of roll with it this year. And there'll, there'll be more of that, I guarantee it. And, and there'll be teams that have to have to go into quarantine and you know that's kind of what we have to live with uh during this season but uh you know I thought you know there was probably you know there was quite a few teams last week that were able to pick up games so there weren't as many teams probably sitting out as maybe we thought there would be uh kind of last minute you know pick up scheduling uh type of situations and and that's going to kind of be the case again uh probably this week and every week but uh you know, not as many teams probably sitting on the sideline as I expected there might be, uh, but uh, you know, overall, 
I didn't see a whole lot of negative things out there as far as, you know, a bunch of fans sitting together without masks on and, and, you know, that sort of thing. I know we saw some of that last week and, and over the weekend in other places, but I, I didn't really notice that in Indiana. And that's, you know, the optics of that, you know, makes that a, a positive out of week one, I think. No, absolutely. That, that uh, for the most part, everyone's in on, on the cause of making sure that, that we're, we're controlling what we can control and, and doing what we need to be doing to allow uh, for, for these types of things to return, uh, like high school football. And, and I agree with you. It looked like, uh, for the most part, all the teams and the coaches and everyone, they were, they were all in on it and had good protocols in place. I know at Lawrence North, where we were at, uh, you know, we all were very safely distanced and uh, it, was, it was very well set up. Well, Logan, where, where's the uh, Mick Network going to be this week? What do you guys have going on? Yeah, this, this week uh, uh, we have we have a lot going on. We have a lot of teams going on the road. We're going to be covering a lot of teams uh, as they travel uh, throughout, uh, going to a lot of a lot of HCC schools actually. Uh, so there's going to be a, a lot of fun going on there. We're looking at North Central and Hampton Southeastern to we're going to have maybe a camera there, have a camera over, uh, possibly at, at Fishers and and uh, Avon. Maybe we're going to be covering. A lot of the mixed schools as they're traveling out, uh, facing on some more of these these uh, HCC schools. Well, good to see. It's going to be uh, it's good to see it. Your your hair looks different. If, if people don't, uh, <laughs> you know, aren't aware, I know we're just doing this uh, audio, but uh, but the, the hair you've let it go since what January? You haven't had a haircut since, since January. That's right. It is not a perm. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's uh, look looking looking sharp. Uh, they got the got the curly locks going. So, but it, it, it's all natural. Uh, well, good to see you Friday, Logan. I uh, hope to. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk again soon. But uh, good to catch up with you and and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, hope hope we can get through this high school football season and do it safely. Absolutely, I, I can't wait. I hope we can we can do it. Thanks, Logan. No problem. All right, back with another segment on our Preps podcast, and we're joined by Nathan McCahill, uh, the uh, senior quarterback at Cathedral High School, and uh, had a great first outing, his first uh, start as a quarterback on Friday night, uh, 56-20 to victory over Westfield. And uh, Nathan, just kind of, you know, I, I know you were able to play some quarterback last year, but mostly uh, receiver uh, sitting behind uh, Oren Edwards, the uh, uh, three-year starter there at quarterback at Cathedral. What was it like to kind of get your first opportunity out there as a starter? And, and obviously it went really well for you guys. Uh, you know, what was that like getting out there Friday after, you know, all these months off and then uh, finally getting to play a football game? Yeah, well, it, well getting out there was awesome because I know all the, all the players on both sides of the ball worked really hard all summer. And uh, this is the moment we've really been waiting for. And uh, the O-line – Everyone on the offense stepped up and did their job. Just made it really easy for me. And uh, playing behind Orrin, he was a great talent. So, truly had to wait my turn. At Cathedral, I feel like that's how a lot of kids are. With a lot of good talent over here. So, a lot of kids don't really get the show that they have until their senior year. Is, is it hard sitting out and maybe knowing you've got the talent to play more than you did the last couple of years to, to not – you know, see, maybe see the field as much. Is it is it is it hard not to look elsewhere and wonder, like, you know, what what could I do here? Where what you know, maybe I could play more somewhere else. Or how did how did you kind of approach that? It, it is really 
like I think a lot of kids as, as you're younger at Cathedral know that there is sort of a process that like a lot of the kids are really skilled so when you get older it's kind of your turn to shine but I mean Oren was a division one talent a great leader and uh you know I mean he, he was the man so I just had to wait my turn and then when it finally came I had to take advantage of it you know, you, you did have a chance to play. Like I mentioned, you played some receiver. You you, you played some uh, at quarterback, uh, you know, after you came in the game for uh, for Oren. You know, I get, what did you learn from him, or what did you learn uh, maybe about playing the position just from, from watching most of the time? So, mostly what he would help me with is preparing even before the game. And he, he would even, like, like, before the Westfield game, he gave me a, a text and was like, I remember pre-snap reads, so just a lot of stuff before the snap that's all mental that you have to think about as a quarterback, and he really helped me with all that. So talking with Nathan McCahill, the senior quarterback at Cathedral, the Irish won 56-20 uh, against Westfield on Friday night. Uh, Nathan had 201 passing yards and five touchdowns, uh, rushed for another 109 yards and two scores. Uh, you know, I had a chance, Nathan, to see Westfield in the scrimmage against Ben Davis on uh, the, the previous Saturday, a really, really good team. And I came away really impressed with with Westfield. I was surprised by this score on, on Friday night, to be honest. I thought it would be a lot closer uh, than it was, knowing you guys are, are, are really good as well. But, you know, what, what were you guys surprised at all, kind of how, how, it, how it went on Friday and, and maybe the uh, margin of that game? bunch of really good players, really solid, that knew what they were doing. And uh, like I said earlier, it's just we've uh, prepared a lot this year. All the kids on the team went really hard during the offseason so they could make a name for uh, just this team. You know, we're playing for more than ourselves. We had a teammate that passed away. who was a leader of the team. So I think everyone's just really, like, like on a mission trip this year. Like, well, I mean, we're playing for someone bigger, so... We, we, we're not like we, we are kind of surprised at the outcome, but we knew we were a very good team going into it. Well, and you mentioned uh, Mario McCulloch, the uh, uh, tragic shooting, uh, you know, back in in the spring, and uh, you know had a chance to see him play up close, especially last year in the uh, regional game against uh, New Pal. Was really impressed uh, with him all all season, but especially that game, seeing it from the sideline, and what a you know what a dynamic player he was in the secondary. Uh, you know, and you mentioned it, Nathan. What what has that? You know, how has has Mario's death? You know, kind of affected you guys as teenagers. And you know, I know this happened kind of during the quarantine, so you know there wasn't a lot you know you guys could do to to maybe you know be around and, and uh, you know kind of grieve uh, through that process. But but how has that been for you guys? You know, now as the season starts and I. I did see a, a photo of, you know, you guys had his jersey out there, and I'm sure are doing a lot of things to honor his memory. But, you know, how what has that been like for this team? Yeah, I mean, he's had a profound effect on this team. I mean, everyone goes 110% at practice, like, in, in his honor, because um, we, we just feel like giving anything less than 110% would just be a um, – it just, it just wouldn't be doing him justice. And – uh yeah, I mean, he's he's an honorary captain this year because he definitely would have been a, a captain if he were still here with us. So, I mean, yeah, we, we've really been putting in the work for him this year. 
And I'm taking it the defense played pretty well uh, Friday night, too, in his honor. Oh, yeah. So, actually, in the first quarter, the offense had two touchdowns, the defense had two interceptions, and we scored a two-point conversion, all number two, and that's the number Mario wore. So, it was a a really special moment. Wow. Friday night, this Friday night, uh, you guys play at Carmel, uh, one of the – you always had been a fun rivalry when Carmel and Cathedral played each other. It used to be the opening game of the year for several years. Uh, you know, earlier, you know, when I was covering high school football, uh, when I first got here, that was always a fun game. I remember an ESPN game uh, one year it was on uh, when Kofi Hughes was quarterback and Morgan Newton for Carmel. Uh, what do you what do you expect? Carmel defending state champs in 6A. Uh, obviously, you guys coming off a great win and, and uh, you know hoping to do good things this year. I know you probably haven't had a, a whole lot of time yet as we talk here on Monday to uh, to look at the Greyhounds, but what do you kind of expect on Friday night out of that team? Well, yeah, like like you said, Carmel's a great team year in and year out, so we're expecting a battle. Like We know it's going to be at their home, so on their home field, so they're going to come ready. They don't want to lose. So uh, we, we really have to prepare really hard this week for – for a battle on Friday. I know a big uh, deal for you, too, to have uh, Cam Jordan back uh, playing receiver. Uh, he missed uh, a few games towards the end of last year with an injury. Uh, how has your chemistry been with him? Obviously pretty good. He had, had a really good showing on uh, Friday. What, what's that mean for your offense to have him back in the lineup? Yeah, he, he's, he's just a special player. We've always had chemistry since freshman year. And uh, we, we just really got to keep that up. He's He's everywhere on the field. He can do anything for us. So it's just important that we get him the ball. He's a great, fantastic playmaker. Well, Nathan, how about yourself? What are you What are you hoping to do uh, beyond high school? Do you, do you, what's your recruiting uh, situation look like at this point? Um, as of now, I have UND, Wabash, and uh, like Marion and Illinois Wesleyan that are contacting me. But um, yeah, I, I really would like to play at the next level in college. Have you always been a, a, a football player, or what, what other sports did you play growing up? Yeah, so growing up, I always played football, baseball, and wrestling. And uh, so my freshman year, I played football, wrestling, and baseball. And then my sophomore year, I played football and rugby. So I, I played a lot of sports. So rugby is that a sport you can just pick up and, and just start playing, or ha- did you did you know much about it before you got going? Um, I actually did not know much about it, but I had a lot of friends at Cathedral that got me into it, and I mean, I mean, it's a great sport, great chemistry, great team game, and uh, I picked up on it really quick. I encourage everyone to play it. Well, a quarterback playing rugby—that's uh, that, that shows you have some toughness, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, good. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking time, Nathan. And, uh, you know, I know, you know, anybody else you, you felt like really played well that, uh, you know, kind of deserves to be shouted out from your team on Friday? Well, I mean, the O-line, the, all my receivers and Jake Langdon, he, he really took a lot of pressure off me in the run game. That, uh, he was getting tackled by the defense while I was running free. So I just want to thank all those guys. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And uh, good luck uh, Friday night against Carmel. 
Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, join us again next week and uh, enjoy the week two high school football games. Some really good ones out there this week, as we talked about earlier. Uh, with, there's about 30 games uh, so far that have been uh, canceled for this week. Uh, some of those opponents or some of those teams have picked up other opponents uh, based on uh, who they can play and, and other teams picking up uh, whoever they can uh, with, with some of these cancellations and quarantines. So, uh, that's kind of what we'll see, I think, as long as uh, football continues, and uh, it's going to be that kind of season. But uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.